0: Welcome back to another edition of the Power Podcast. This week, I'm joined by Forty.
1: Yeah, first off, first come off the rank this week, boys.
0: And Ham. G'day. And uh, we don't quite know where Bertie is. Hopefully, he gets in here sometime soon. So you might hear him during the course of this, or you might not. Um, hopefully, you do hear him. Yeah, doing the dishes. AAE's got him on the uh, <laughs> on the tools. <laughs> Um, let's cast our eyes back to last Saturday night, uh, the headline of Super Saturday, Cowboys 24 to the Eels 16. Trust scores for the Eels were Sean Russell, Mitch Moses with a double, uh, overcoming that uh, vicious direct head contact. Um, Let's look at some of the stats, 50% possession each. We only completed at 71% to the Cowboys, 83%. Uh, we are gaining them by 100 metres, less post-contact metres. Cowboys had eight line breaks to four, uh, 41 tackle breaks to 37. We had a longer average set distance. Again, slower play the ball averages as uh, so it is every week. And then on the defensive side of things, effective tackle percentage for us was at 87%, but the Cowboys was down at 78%, uh, missing 37 tackles and having 51 ineffective tackles. Um, it didn't look like that on the screen, I have to say.
1: Well, I think yeah. they all came that last quarter. We had them dead on the field. They, yeah. were, they were just getting mowed down in terms of the fitness levels. Um, how many offloads did we have? Yep. Because we just... We set a season record. I'm pretty certain the commentary were talking about it. Offloads 32 to 6.
2: Yes. Uh, yeah, there's your... I think that's probably the reason for the ineffective tackles. We just seem to be just offloading, not, you know, sort of... not. I wouldn't say at will, but sort of... Indiscernibly, sort of recklessly at times, I think,
0: later on in that match. And that probably fed into all the areas, which was Eels 12 to the Cowboys 10. We conceded eight penalties to the Cowboys 4, three ruck infringements each. Cowboys had two inside 10s. We had two players on the report and they had that one sin bin to Holmes, um, which we'll, we'll start there on, off the bat. Um, I thought it was rather innocuous, but I think on the replay it was pretty clear that it was. Um, shoulder to the head, um, direct forceful. Not late, because um, Moses had just got the ball, but I thought it was quite similar to Sivo's to last week where uh, maybe it was a little bit lower down, um, less of the head was impacted, but it was clearly direct contact to the head.
2: Yeah. The, the Even with the whiplash effect, like, still gets him in the head. That's It's been a simbin for three, four seasons now.
1: Yeah, I think controversial about it was that Todd Payton didn't like the call. Um, aside from that, yeah, if it if it's the, the one thing that I will give the NRL is that they've been pretty consistent on this matter. Uh, the, terminal, the terminology of direct and forceful contact to the head uh, has been used a lot this season and it's been pretty consistently applied and that was definitely a case of contact to the head, um, especially given when you make that sort of play defensively, when you shoot out the line looking to put a, light up a, a playmaker like that, uh, you've got to get it right. And Indeed, in the wake of that, the NRL has actually issued a mandate that if you're going to jam get it right, or you're going to be facing severe consequences moving forwards.
0: Yep, that's definitely right. Um, What else did you like about this game 40? Obviously losing, um, and this was really a four-point game, um, which is quite unfortunate, but any things to take out that were positive?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of negatives that you can be critical of, and I'm sure we'll dive into that, in particular that left edge, which, my goodness, there was just issue after issue across all the four players out wide, but um, I really like the guts shown by this team. Um, This was a game where it was a, like a, a split hair between going to being like 50 plus points differential against us. And we dug in deep and turned it not only into a, a mitigated situation of points differential, but into a situation where we damn near could have won. And if Mitchell Moses had taken that shot at goal, which I think was mathematically the correct play, I know we nearly scored going for the tap. But I think taking that game, the golden point, we, we were running them down. They had nothing in those last uh, 10, 15 minutes. So, the guts they showed and the ability of uh, Gufferson in particular, but Moses Pennicini, uh, those sort of players, Bryce Cartwright, to uh, find that extra sort of level of reserve fuel and just go further than their opposition was really encouraging and plenty to clean up outside of that. But yeah, I like the guts.
0: Well, I have to say, that's got drink water. He is so hot right now.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, Ham, anything that you thought we could take away? Obviously, disappointing result. Um, could have catapulted ourselves right up into the top um, eight with that game, and uh, now we're going to be relying upon um, some other wins. Plus, we're probably going to have to pull a victory over the Dragons, Roosters, and one of Storm or Penrith or Broncos.
2: Yeah, um, I think the the thing to take away it's it's not a positive. I don't think it's so much as a you know it's a negative as sorts, but you can really tell when your your reserve graders have to play extended periods in first grade, like. Uh, mustard DJ Arcee, He was fantastic when he come in He just had to play his role, had to do his job But now when the when the times Get tough, you really notice The quality difference, especially in the spine Because there's, there's bugger all Halves going around um, To be in first grade, let alone to have A competent reserve grader Coming up, stepping up there, so that's just massive Constant changes on the left hand side uh, Laney injured again He's played nine games this year uh, so you're going to have another second rower out there. Uh, Bailey's been the um, you could uh, you could say the one constant, but what well, he has only played about half this season at left centre, so he hasn't even been a constant out there. And then uh, previous to that, you had Mike Sivo who's just been up and down with form, and then Wanga Blake. Oh my gosh, Wanga Blake,
0: that was I, I I have no idea how you can name that bloke this week. Oh, I can he's... cop players being shit, and I can cop him being shit. But I cannot cop not having a go.
1: Non-efforts are non-negotiable. I agree. That, that is just immediate grounds to never play NRL again for the Eels.
2: That so. one where he had the ball one-on-one against Taolonghi and he stops. Like, what are you doing, man? What?
1: The crazy part is we've, we've piled plenty of criticism on Micah Seva this season. You know, we, we've really you know, tried to hold him accountable for a lack of effort, a lack of finishing at times. But if we have Micah Sever in this game, I think we win and we win maybe well. Like The opportunities that we gave to Wonga Blake there was always two or three genuine scoring opportunities that he could have converted with a bit of effort that he didn't. There was a defensive play or two where, you know, he got it catastrophically wrong that Micah, I think, gets right. So just crazy how much that hurt us.
2: Yeah, it's just that that left edge is re- really hurting us. I just, you know, I think from the Dragons game onwards, hopefully we have at least two of our starting uh, left-side players on, that, on the field. But other than that... Um, it's it's a hard one because you know we only lost by eight points in the end, but it just seems like such a deflating loss because the game was there to be won. I don't think the Cowboys were good. Uh, I think we could have. We need to know that, particularly up there, it was the same as the semi final. If we had stayed within a try, even maybe even eight points with twenty minutes to go, we would have had them because they they put everything in that first fifty minutes, and then we turned the tide and come back to them. And sadly, you know that's probably where our left side um, comes into it. You know, how you have those more elite players, and you have more scoring potential there, and a better defensive resolve.
1: I gotta, I gotta say, we were the reason we lost the game. But my goodness, the officiating sucked again. Like <laughs> they, they scored a try off a blatant forward pass. They had a couple of tries. I think they had penalties in the lead up that were just you know not dubious but contentious. Uh, Chad Townsend literally just flopped on top of one of our defenders and got a penalty for it.
2: Yeah, I, I was just that. That was the that was the concerning one for me. Where uh, Mattison was at marker, Hopgood was like it was on. He was in, He was in. Admittedly, he was in the ruck with. He had his arms out. He wasn't trying to clear, but the referee called a holding down penalty. I, I don't understand where Townsend was being held down um, in that instance. And then we had that run in this at the start of the second half, where there was about three or four. To, per, per, like realistically, we should have been binned. For,
1: mind um, you, mind you, the ty- the tigers, the the Cowboys, at the same thing where they got Valentine Holmes binned for a high shot, then proceeded to give away two or three six against on their goal line, and had no one been held accountable for a second symbian. But we ne- we knew they'd never have a second symbian invoked in that situation.
2: No, exactly. It's just yeah, it's 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 frustrating. And do we point out now that we are the what sixties pointed it out. Um We've won three penalty counts three all penalty year. Three
1: counts all year.
2: Yet we've, uh, con- we on average, we concede the third least amount of penalties across the NRL. How does, how can you concede the third least amount of penalties, but Team, only win? Three teams
1: penalties. miraculously become incredibly disciplined against us, Ham. That, that's all you can draw out of that.
2: Yeah. Thirty, have you joined us?
3: Yeah, I'm here. I'm just dishes uh, are done. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, look, I don't, I don't want to be controversial, but. I hate this team so much. Like, <laughs> and, and it goes from the head office to the coach to the players. I just and I heard like I did, I joined the, this convo like when Ham was in these mid uh, comments about it. Like, you know, we're 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 relying on players that are like you know second or third string. You know, they're pretty much far down the roster spots. But man, I'm just I just I was just after the game, I was thinking to myself. I had a look at our roster, and I'm like looking at who's taking a spot. And let's just conservatively see how much money they're taking. And I had a look at Wonga Blake, and I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. We got dudded in the end with his contract. And you look at Jack Murchie. You know, okay, for, like, we struck gold with ice from the Warriors. But, man, that was a failure. You know, Mama Sia. Like, Luigi. you're like, I'm just looking at our roster. We need help badly. And we've literally have to rely on Wonga Blake. And, like, there's one pass. Mitch Moses throws a great pass to him. And it goes through his hands, and he looks at his hands. Like, that's something... I think, I think Semi was better in his first ever game of rugby league when we got him straight from Fiji. Like, I just don't understand this guy. How how did he get a contract this well? And how is he still in our team? And like, and I sort of like, I don't want to blame Brad Arthur or the club, but we shouldn't be in a position where we're relying on this idiot to play for our team. And I'm not saying he's an idiot like as a person, but as a player, he's brain dead. He doesn't know what he's doing. The only time he shows speed is when he's rushing our defense. You guys talked about it. He had that one-on-one chance of Anari Tuala. He pulled the handbrake. Where's the handbrake in defense? In defense, you're coming out like a cannon. You're you leaving a you know two man overlap. That's what I don't understand. He thinks fast in defense and not in offense, and it just it just pisses me off, you know. And I just hope to God that we work on our you know our roster depth and look, we we don't just give contracts willy nilly to people. You know, you gotta earn it. Earn your spot in the first grade. Don't don't, don't just be given it like. And I feel as though if Wonga Blake was on a minimum contract, he wouldn't be playing. But the fact is, we're probably paying him what four, five hundred k a year. We have to play him. Or it's stupid. But my god, this team pissed me off.
2: The thing I'll say about Wonga is, I don't think he was too bad until that first finals game against Penrith. Yeah,
1: yeah, oh, you know, yeah I definitely. Think, I think it's a bit. Revi- was, I think it's a bit revisionist to say the contract's been terrible for us. He did a lot of good things for us, but the, the, there is no denying he's fallen off a cliff uh, since that point. Ham.
2: I think, yeah, yeah I, I, you know, up until that Penrith game. He was solid. He was solid. Like you, you, when I say solid, you couldn't rely on him, but you knew what you were. You knew what you were going to get, and it was going to be sort of a a four to at at his best, maybe a six and a half. He wasn't going to lose you a game. Yeah, but now he's actively. You know, forty said it previously, and Birdie very eloquently put it forth. <laughs> he lost us this game. He lost us this game with whether it be through errors. Uh, I, I think within we counted it within the first twenty minutes, errors wise, whether it be handling, um, an error in defence, he had like he made like five errors in the first twenty minutes. You can't you can't have that. And he, you know, we talk about depth. He was our starting centre this year, so he was one of our starters. So it's not a depth. To me, it's never been a depth problem. I think our depth players are okay. I think Sean Russell is a is a decent player for a depth player. Um, unfortunately, Hayes Dunster just can't get his body right, but I think depth-wise, he's a he's a good player. Sevo, I'm, I'm not happy with. So to me, it's your two starters. It's Micah Sivo, it's Wanger Blake. They're, those two, as starters this year, have been really, really poor. I think the other two starters, uh, Will Penasini, has been fantastic, best outside back, probably our best outside back we've had for a very, very long time. Um, Bailey Simonson, he had a really good middle of the year. He's starting to peter off a little bit now, but I wonder how much of that is because he has he's basically played with different people every single week. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to give Bailey uh, a pass for the time being, but once those other players step up, I sincerely hope that he's our worst player in the back line. And I say that because you're only as strong as your weakest link. So if he's our strongest, weakest link will be, we'll be
0: going well. Like- yeah, I, I I get your point, Bertie, I, I, but but I just want to push back just a little bit and say, like, the injuries, the outs, the MRC fucking us over once again, uh, Dylan Brown fucking over the team as well, uh, not to make light of the situation, but the, his actions have resulted in him being out for, what, a third of the season. Um, and Dejan Asi, he he's done a job, um, but obviously... Teams have got a bit more tape on him now. They know where to target, and then now that whole left edge is just chop and change every single week. And you talk about Bailey Simonson being a constant. He didn't start at centre in that second on that left hand side until about round seven or eight. So um, it's just complete change. But then for some players that we have picked up, who we thought might be depth players, Brendan Hands coming in playing starting hooker. Um, you know, Jermaine Hopwood—he looks like a complete um, bargain buy coming from Penrith. There, where he couldn't hard, could hardly get a run. Bryce Cartwright—they couldn't. He couldn't get a gig in first grade, but for us, um, two years ago, he's been developed into a good starting second rower. Now, we um, got mid-season pickups like Joe Offeng-Galway and Andrew Davy, who are playing. You know, they've had to play some minutes because of Reg being out. Um, and they certainly weren't a reason why we lost on the weekend. Um, it's just unfortunate that some of those players like Wanga have fallen off a cliff, cliff. and uh, uh, I do take your point that the outside back depth isn't what it should be, but it's been sorely tested, and as- especially when you come in with Dunstar, um, you know, that poor bloke just can't get back on the field, and I think we thought at the beginning of the season he was probably going to be our starting, uh, one of our starting wingers.
3: I, I don't get, like, so Wong has been in reserve grade for what a good what eight to nine weeks. Hey, he's
0: been injured as well.
3: Okay, so he's got been injured, but like surely, like when you get dropped to reserve grade or you know play reserve grade, you want to work hard and improve your game. And I'm just trying to think, what has but he at
0: improved? The, he, he, he's at the end of his contract, so he's not going to be re-signed by us. It doesn't seem like any NRL NRL outfits going to pick him up. Yeah. Um. So we've been trying to get rid of him to union or to, to the Super League. So th- there's no real incentive for him other than to try and boost his price on an ex contract. But if nobody's even saying they're interested, it is what it is. It,
3: it, it reminds me of that season when we had Varve and Takarangi. Like all these players, like they knew the cleanup was going to come, and they're like pretty much just packed it in for the season. And it's like, why? You know, I'm not going to contract with you guys. That's what it just reminds me. There's some players out there; they're just not trying. Like, and even like, you know, God bless Sean Lane with his injury. Like that first try, okay, RC missed the tackle, but Lane, like our middles, just watched Deedon just skip across field. Like Deedon was like literally Paula out there; he was going sideways, and not one person was rushing up. Like, I don't know. It could have been an attitude thing, but it's just this team. Sometimes it's attitude, sometimes it's players in the park. Like we just can't get anything right this year, you know?
0: It certainly has been a, a season missed opportunities. But at the end of the day, this this game was four tries to three and a penalty goal—the difference. So, um, as far away as we are, we're still not
2: that far on
0: the scoreline.
2: It's the story of the season, I think. Uh, Bernie Gurr put it really well in the on the TCT podcast last year. Things aren't as are never as bad as they seem, and things are as never as good as they seem. And I oh. think that's that's where Parramatta is at the moment. And I think we're just—it's a—it's been a season of. Missed opportunities, whether it be at the start of the year, with uh, missed opportunities with goal kicking, uh, injuries, suspensions, and it's just we've and that's why our, you know, particularly at the start of the year, sort of we've lost a little bit now uh, after losing to the Warriors by so much, but we've still got the fifth best for and against.
3: Yeah, we we haven't given up. Like besides the Warriors game, like every game we've been in it and we've fought to the very end. Like even like some games when. Like, you think, oh, this is going to get away from us. You know, this weekend, you know, I was expecting 50 being put on us, you know. But we, we hung in there and we're fighting to the end, which, you know, you've you got to give the lads credit for that. But, yeah, you know, Brad Offer, maybe just, you know, train them to be fighters. It's just, you got to start well, lads. You know, don't don't give them easy shots, easy layups, you know. Get 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 the ball rolling early.
0: All right, talking about another disappointing result, we'll go over to the women's Telstra, uh, Telstra Women's Premiership, rather. Uh Leading at halftime, 8-4 over the West Tigers. We got romped in that second half, 36-8, the final score. Zali Fay getting a double and also getting, a, uh, I guess, the, uh, an award for the best prize celebration of the season so far. <laughs> Nothing um, will top that. That was fantastic. Well, to make it even better, then you go on to get absolutely flogged
2: afterwards.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You've sort of got to laugh at yourself for that one. Um, but coming into this game again, injuries, Pearson out, um, and the prop from St. George, what was her name? Sorry. Yeah. Elsie Albert, Albert also out both with Nichols and they won't be coming back this week either. Um, so it was a a tale of two halves really where the West Tigers just couldn't seem to execute. Um, but given they had so much ball and we didn't have a directing half back or our best prop out there, uh, we just got rolled at the back end of the second half, unfortunately.
2: Uh, Positives for this one. I thought our left side in that first half was really good. I liked the work of um, uh, Berryman. I've just come, uh Pihu
1: Haka, I think it Pihuka is. Pihuka, Berryman, Duff, yeah.
2: Yeah. I thought her work uh, with Shawnee Stowers and Zali Faye and um, Talisha O'Neill on that left side there, they were working really well, uh, firing some nice passes out. I think uh, – and really need to work with that side, you know. There, there was a play in the in the second half, it was. Um, it needs to be reworked a little bit, but I liked it where Berryman fired a cut out to Zali and she come on, un- she
1: Monique Donovan come back in around, yeah.
2: And then the, it was a second row wrapping
1: around. No, no, was I'd Monique, like to see it was Monique Donovan, the uh, she came off the, the interchange,
2: yeah. She make. was a 19, wasn't yeah, she? Yeah, yeah, or the 18, yes, yeah. Um, I'd like to see uh, Abby Church. On that play, cause she's light-footed. She was—I yeah. didn't notice how quick she was she until this game. She's she's lightning quick. If if they can work it, that so she's on that on the receiving end of that pass, they'll score a lot more tries than if they've got a second row on there. But you know, if there was three sets in the second half where we didn't get to the kick on the last, just general direction of sets, uh, goal kicking. I'm a big fan of Mahalia Murphy, Dooney girl through and through. But she's not a goal kicker, unfortunately. I saw her practicing, and I knew we weren't going to convert any, unless they were under the post. We weren't converting the tries. Um, we get our sharpshooter from yeah,
1: the. We, um, we need. Yeah, you need to either get Alicia Bell on there, or obviously Rachel Pearson will be handling those duties if she was healthy. So yeah, we need dispensation for a specialist goal kicker. That's what I'm saying. Yeah,
2: and I think the Tigers would have been pumped up. You look look at how many four was in there: Bo, Rikia, Emily yeah. Curtin. P.O. Christian P.O. Nevada George, uh, Lostana Lutu, they all would have been really fired up for this game. And I think you could see that in the second half. And Sarah Togatuki, she just, she's another level. She's and Unfortunately, beast. we yeah. didn't have the defensive
0: capabilities to stop her and Christian Pio.
1: She is a beast.
0: Isn't that just the the complete kick up the ass there? But Telly, Betty Walsh, we were all really excited for her when she signed two years ago. And then what, she would have played one or two se- one or two games for us, unfortunately, Yeah. because um, of, of the, what did she do? She didn't need, didn't ACL, she? Yeah. yeah. And then comes back and she's probably, as we said at the time, one of the best fullbacks in the competition. Yep. We, we oh, look smart.
3: As a team, like you look at our, you know, from 1 to, you know, 17, we look very small, like, like a very young team compared to the Tigers. Like, you looked at them, they just look like seasoned veterans out there, and, you know, <clears throat> you know I, I, I'll give it, like, you know, Ruby John-Kennett, uh, sorry, I'm going to butcher her name, I'm just going to, the double-double, sorry. You know, she's only a young lady, like, we've got a lot of 20-year-olds, like, I wouldn't be surprised, you know, um, you know, I've only been watching the women's football the last two years, but these ladies probably would have been in, what, Tasha Gale, you know, or the, you know the age below that, whatever, so, we just seemed, like, very young, and, you know, Building for the future. If we can hold on to them, it's going to be great. But yeah, we we're missing um Elsie Albert, Albert. You know, just that enforcer, mm-hmm. just to strike some you know fear into the opposition. You know, cause as you said, Tonga Turkey man, that Ryan, she literally steamrolled the Abbey Church. You know, and it's just she didn't even slow her down at all. So yeah, even um Kersey Apps, like I know she's getting towards the end of her career, but she's just a um, you know she's huge. Like it takes at least three women to take her down. And you know when when there's no wrestling in the women's football, like it's just you know. It just compromises your defence line, so.
2: And I think that goes to show that, especially in the NRLW at the moment, the elite women really stand out against when you have girls that are either just coming out of Tasha Gale or they might have played one, maybe two seasons in the Harvey Norman's women, uh, Premiership uh, run by the New South Wales Rugby League. There, you can, you know, uh, Kesia Apps just she broke through the line like two or three clean breaks. You know, there's, they've still got a little bit to go to bring up the the baseline level of talent in there. But, it, you know, the only way, I suppose the only way you're going to do that is playing more and having more games. So, you know, unfortunately, um, Para, out had don't have their elite talent or have sort of two, uh, two out of three missing of elite talent, but the girls will be better for it.
0: That's it. I'm willing to hold any judgment on the, the women's team until they get their two big off-season recruits back in.
2: Um, well, I thought our wingers were fantastic. Zali Faye and Kassi Tohi Hiku. They were yeah,
1: the, outstanding. The, the back three were a highlight for mine. Zali Faye's got real superstar potential in this grade, I think. Um, she, she's my
2: favorite, Zali
3: Faye. She, she I, is, I,
1: I, yeah, I understand, but she's, she's a full package on the wing. She can beat him with speed, with elusiveness, with power. She can climb the ladder. We saw that uh, with her second try, I think it was, where she uh, went up for the, the kick. Our um, uh, really, first one. Oh first one, there you go, sorry. Uh, just a yeah, completely well-balanced winger uh, with yeah, real class. So really looking forward to us getting, being able to sort of spotlight her and, and Cassie Tobihiku. And, and like you said, Ham, getting Abby Church on those edges to do some damage of her speed.
0: Let's jump over to the New South Wales Cup on the weekend. Eels winning 32-16 to 16 over. the They were the last-place Roosters, weren't they? Yes. Yeah. Um, just looking through the stats, the Roosters completed at 48%. Um, so probably a real reason why they lost that game. But their try-scorer is Samuel Loizu. Arthur Miller Steven Jura Mo Samuel Loizu with the double roller uh, Jaden Yates and Jock Brazzle ranking four from six off the boot. Ham you were down there
2: I was down there I uh took the highway down after the women's high-tailed it down to St Mary's Oval, which was fantastic. they moved it out of uh, the Ritz wherever it was, I don't know and gave it back to the Westies um, gave us something <laughs> this was a it was actually you still have to pay a gate fee there five dollars. Five
0: dollars. Uh children under twelve for free. Nice. So, I remember I got stitched up there one time where I didn't have any cash on me. I was going to see my brother in laws and I had to go over to the Macca's to get some money out. <laughs> oh no, they've got
2: a square now. So
0: oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah this was about a- ten years ago. So. Oh.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they've got they've got the square now. So if you want to head out to St Mary's Leagues, they also have a uh, Krispy Kreme hut. I don't know how often that opens, but there's one there. Um, got Monkey Mania next door as well.
3: <laughs> um <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to say between Jock Brazzle and Sean Guimar, if you had to tell me one person to be more excited about like in terms of like, their potential, who would it be? Like out of them two? I is that like a a of question sort of.
2: No, I I'm, I'm a fan of both. I think they both play. I think Charlie's probably a little bit more skillful just with his time spent in the halves and center, but they both play tough. They both run a good line. Uh Both probably have a little bit of work to do defensively, but they they move well laterally. They're not big. They're not, you know, they're good because they're big. They're not a Samuela Finu. They're a hard-working second rower. I think Charlie just has a little bit more skill, has a little bit more to his game than Jock, but Jock takes no prisoners in, in everything that he does. He does everything with intensity, 100%, runs every line 100%, tries to hit them as hard as he possibly can but they're both great kids. I'm a, I'm a fan of both, I think. I ho- I hope both make it. But if I was to pick one, at this point, I probably pick Guma. Only only because Jock had a injury uh, an ACL come, he's just coming off an ACL this year. So um that's sort of the only that's probably the biggest concern with him at the moment. But oh, it's perfect birdie, you you, you tied me up perfectly for this one because finally we're starting to see the kids in reserve grade. Arthur miller Stevens, Sam Luizu, Toro Williams, Josh Lynn. Uh, who else do we have? Jock Brazel, and then the bench, Davis, Betham Mesa, Brock Park, Double Tony Mattelli. Nine players that could play jersey flag were playing reserve grade this weekend. This is what we need. We don't need park footballers that we've had in the past. You need these young guys to be your depth players. You need the young guys to be in reserve grade because they're going to be the future. I'm sorry, but like... He works hard. He's okay. Chris Tupo is not going to be a future first-grade player. I understand you have to have your Jordan Rankins, your Kai Rodwells, your Makessi Makatoas, your Jack Murchies. You have to have your first-grade guys in there to teach the young guys how to play tough and how to be a first-grader. But your Chris Tupos, your Dan Kears, we've seen in the past, Josh Minhinik, I'm sorry, but they should not be anywhere in consideration for our reserve-grade team. Just on really, that out. Oh, sorry, you go. Oh, no, I was just going to say, we really need to rethink our strategies next year and onwards about how we're using this team because it, it it needs a rethink and hopefully this is the, the tipping point of how well Tour Williams and Josh Lynn played. Like they, they weren't, for their first games, this was their debuts, they weren't outstanding, but they did their job. I'd rather two 19, oh, a 19 and a 20-year-old... Go out there and just do their job and look comfortable. Then have a reserve. Then have a park footballer
0: just be in there. I was just going to say, um, in terms of players playing up, uh, how did double doubles and Tony Mataieli go? Um, both uh, had pretty big wraps coming into the season. The
2: double double, he one of the best games I've seen him play. He just every carry was. Uh, they had multiple kickoffs off the back fence. Just charged into the line. You can see it in the highlights. He puts a beautiful ball. Uh, to Jock Brazzle. puts him through and he's just he is pumped up for that uh, yeah I, I didn't really take notice of him defensively as, as you pointed out 48 percent completions I didn't really have much defensive work to do but I didn't notice him making really any mistakes in that in that department so I believe he's been rewarded with a starting spot um, he can't do much else for mine I thought he was he was really good Tony um, didn't get the minutes that I thought he might have. He only got about 20, about that. I think he sort of went on for 15, then come off, then went back on. Uh, Tony's a weird one, because when he's on the edge, he's actually a really high work rate player. He gets through about 17 to 20 runs a game. Well, it's high impact too. they will be 10 to 12 metres of carry out on the edges. Even in the middle, but his work rate in the middle just drops drastically. He'll make seven runs and... 10 tackles and he'll miss he won't miss as many as he does on the edge but he just doesn't have that work rate but he'll still have that impact where he'll still be making 10 to 12 metres a carry so it's a tough one with Tony because I think, I think the middle's his position just the way just just defensively I think middle is he's more suited to middle he just really needs to work hard on um, getting that work rate up so he's making you know a carry every second set or maybe even possibly a carry every set and making two, maybe even three tackles are set in the time that he's on the field. But at the moment, that's just not quite there yet.
0: All right. Then in the flag, going down 30-16 to 16, uh, to the Roosters, top place Roosters in that competition. Um, would have been harder for them, given a lot of those players that Ham uh, just mentioned, flag-eligible playing up to reserve grade. But the try-scorers here, Matthew Komalafi, Ethan Martin with a double, Ethan Sanders, two from three off the boot. Um, all the try-scorers for the Roosters, see a familiar name there, Caleb Tohey at lock.
2: Yeah, he had a he had a ripper of a game.
0: <laughs> Bit
2: of a revenge game there. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> he was he was very fired up.
0: Uh, anything to
2: take away with from this game? Um, this is probably the best Jersey Fleet game I've seen. I'm going to say all year. I thought both teams played uh, played in the spirit of the game. I thought both teams were tough. Uh, they, were, you know, the Roosters. You could just tell. Uh, just the way their bodies are and the way they're, they're shaped and the way they play, I think a lot of them would be 21, 20, 20, 20 turning 21. They just seemed an older team. Uh, meanwhile, we've got Arpa Twidel, Rich Penicini, uh Blaze Talanya, Ethan Sanders, Matty Arthur, Lance Fulima, Charlie Geimer, uh, Saxon Sam Avardi They all played SG ball this year. So, and even uh, look at other players, uh, Lockie Blackburn, uh, um, who else have we got there? On oh, Lockheed Blackburn, Nick Lenars uh, have just come out of SG Ball, so they're only twenty, turning twenty, uh yeah, turning twenty this year. So still a young team. Um I thought, yeah, it's just it was a tough game. Charlie Guimer had a good one. Uh ARPA Twiddle probably had his another one of his better games. He was you could tell he was puffed. The kicking game of the Roosters really uh got stuck it to him, but he, he toughed it out. Played well. Uh, big fan of Ethan Martin. We've only just picked him up. I've, I've I've seen I've seen seventy minutes of him play. But I, I messaged forty after the game, and mm-hmm. I said his first game. Now this is going to be a big comparison. Don't 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 clip this and say that I'm gonna. But just his first game reminded me of Semi Adraja's first game. I'm not I'm not saying they're going to turn out to be the same player. But he went in looking for the ball. He might not have known his position at all times but he was willing to get his hands on the ball. He was in the middle of the field, and when he did carry the ball, he was elusive. He's quick. He's only, he's only small. He's a, he's a small bugger, but he's well-built, and he just seems tough to tackle. I, I hope that he gets a, a chance in uh, reserve grade either later this year or we put him in next year because I think he's definitely – he's a winger's winger to me. He's, he's a modern-day winger where they get on the ball, they ruck it out – but I also think he's got a bit more finishing ability than some uh, wingers currently in first grade. So uh, I, you know, I, I think he's. I'm going to keep my eye on him, and I, I really hope that he
0: he pushes through and he gets a a preseason with the first grade team. Just, we'll move on quickly but lastly on Ethan Martin rugby union convert uh, but also he does have one of those old four minute highlights of his uh, time in rugby uh, it's come straight <laughs> up on YouTube so feel free to YouTube Ethan Martin Ethan with a Y um, and you'll get some rugby highlights there uh, that's a blast from the past That's sort of hi- highlight what sort of music is, is it set to um, I've turned it off but it started with some crap so <laughs> oh,
2: oh perfect <laughs> yep
0: <Yeah. laughs> We're, we're in here. We've got a good winger on our hands. <laughs> um, all right. So news—only really big ones. Um, first of all, injuries. Uh, Sean Lane with that elbow—he's uh, going to be out um, for up to six weeks. So, um, unless we're making the finals, his season is pretty much done. That dislocation looked um, awful. That was vomiting inducing. That,
1: that front-on yeah. picture. <laughs> 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 Mind you, do you see the twisty finger from the Newcastle and a roll game?
0: Yeah, 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 I yeah, saw that one yeah. too. Um, I, we saw um, one, one of those on um, our fullback as well, on Gutherson. He's got a, uh, a bit of a hook finger too. Um, other news, we have Joey Lusick returning to the Eels. So there's that, that three-way deal done. Um, it seems likely that Hodgson is going to retire um, given his next surgery. Uh, that hasn't been officially confirmed yet, but all signs are pointing that way. Uh, so we've brought in Joey Lussick from over in the Super League and then the Dragons released, uh, what's his name, to go over to the Moses Super En-Bai. League? Moses Embiid to go over to the Super League. So um, Joey Lussick obviously played in the team not too long ago. He had a couple of injuries while he was here as well, wasn't he? Yeah. Because fam- there was that final he was series where... For Penriff, the game against yeah.
1: Penrith, yeah. And he uh, had a very good year that year as well because, I mean, there is a little bit of a uh, football come, like sort of a uh, tranquility or serendipity where it is... Uh, He had that fantastic game against Melbourne Storm for us, and he's coming back against the Melbourne Storm, so hopefully he has a big one here. But yeah, if he was healthy for that game, I think history plays out very differently.
0: Yeah, exactly right. You were down to your fourth string hooker there, unfortunately, Um, who wasn't even really a hooker. (laughs) Uh, Any other news? Nothing too much. There's just some on that injury front where we're expecting... um, uh, we remove Greg to come back in the next couple of weeks we from mean, that uh, Liz Frank injury. He'll probably take a little bit to to get some gas going again.
1: Put some respect on his name. It's the Wolverine. He's uh, had an injury that usually rubs people out for six months, and he's back ahead of what the club had scheduled. He was meant to come back next week. So he's a yeah, he's a mutant. And
0: then the other two, Matt Dury, syndosmosis so he's likely done for the season. Zach Seany again, a broken hand, likely done for the season. But I think we mentioned that last time. Yes. Um, yes. Let's start some previews, and we'll just bash these first ones out because i um, got to try to finish in time. So, Storm up against the Eels in the Jersey Flag, 2 p.m. Saturday, the 29th of July. Seabrook Reserve, Broadmeadows. Where is that?
2: Not near where I will be.
0: <laughs> yes, I think that's a, a good um, analysis there, Ham. <laughs> um, storm, 5th. Eels, 8th. Uh, If we want to be making the finals, that's one team you'll have to beat.
1: This is a huge one, yeah. I think realistically you've got to pretty much win out and have some results still go your way to make the finals because it's top five, but this is one of the key ones that you absolutely have to have because it's essentially, like you mentioned with our NRL game last week, Hamish, a four-point swing, uh, but yeah, big, big
0: game here. And then we'll go to reserve grade, the knock on effect at New South Wales Cup. The Bears coming first now. They've jumped the dogs. Uh, the Eels in 11 3 pm. That'll be at North Sydney Oval on Sunday, the 30th of July. Uh, just looking at those teams. Um, so the Bears really do look like a reserve grade team there. Um, they do have some former Eels there Zach Docker Clay at Lock, Ellie Elzekaham, who played second row for us last year. Um,
2: Played uh, Jersey Flegg, or was it Holden Cup when he played? I'm not sure. Mm. Yeah, but he was in our 20 system at one point.
0: And um, then for reserve grade, so they'll see Charlie Gaimo playing in. Dunster returns, uh, Apello returns, and Wiramu Gregg, um, of course, coming in there off the bench to get some minutes in him. Uh, going out, Chris Tupu, Jira Momosia won't have to play uh, at centre. They've put Dan Keir at centre.
2: Yeah, yeah, see, this is what what two steps forward, keeping those young guys in, bringing Charlie Guimer in. One step back. Why well, we need to be playing Richard Pennacini there? We we know he can play Jersey Flegg. Oh, yeah. I understand he's got another year of SG ball. He's only eighteen this year, but I th- I think realistically he could be a backup centre for us next year. We saw how how his brother transitioned. Um, his brother completely missed Jersey Flegg. Went from SG ball to reserve grade. Uh, within the spot, you know, I understand COVID affected, and uh, Kings I don't think allowed him to play rugby league at that in that year, they wanted him focused on the Kings uh 15 there. But Rich should be playing reserve grade. We and need if, him if not, put him
1: in. if not Richard, Lockheed Blackburn or something like that, you know, just give someone a go that is a, a specialist in the position and is young,
2: yeah, yeah. How oh, will you Dan, be getting out? Sorry, Dan Key can go straight back to the bench and take a Pelu spot, but. Put a centre in there. Put a young centre in there. We need young centres coming through, and we're just blocking their path for some reason. I have no idea why. you Are
0: going to be out there for that one, North Sydney, Oval Ham?
2: Uh, I'll be driving back from Melbourne on Saturday
0: – on Sunday, sorry. Yeah, so you're no, driving I'll... down for Friday night. I will be. I'm driving down uh, Thursday morning. Now, that's commitment. That That's <laughs> real commitment. Uh, anybody else uh, – we don't have a Patreon, and I don't think we're intending to, but um, – can put your bank account details up. And oh, listeners, my pay ID. <laughs> listeners, <laughs> you can support coffee. this man to be going out to all these games, especially driving down to Melbourne for our clash against uh, the storm down there. Um, if anyone lives in the area, I'll
2: be at the Trappers Bakery in Goulburn, uh, probably about eight o'clock tomorrow morning. You
0: can buy me a coffee and a, and a apricot Danish. <laughs> Uh, NRLW, 3.10pm on Saturday, the 29th of July. Uh, played down at Wind Stadium, Wollongong. That one will be on Channel 9. Nine now, KO Foxtel. Uh, Dragons taking on the Eels. So the Dragons, they got um, a bit of a touch-up, 32-16 to 16 against the Knights last week. Um, obviously, it's a bit early in the season to be taking too much out of it, but Newcastle won the comp last year. They've put a couple of new pieces in, but their big pieces are still there. Um, so nothing to sneeze at there with the Dragons um, going down to them. But the Dragons seem to have a lot of youth as well. So the battle of the two youths. Um, but unfortunately here, our two big off-season recruits from the Dragons will not be playing. Yeah, Still come, not in.
1: Coming out of that trial, a win over the Dragons, you uh, would have been really confident going into round two, almost regardless of any result, that we'd be able to take them, uh, given what we saw. I know it was only a trial, but that we played you know good football. But... No Albert, but no Pearson, and now no Fanua. Uh, it's a very big uphill battle here for our girls. They've got to really dig deep in this contest to get the result.
0: Uh, although we do have Beckett coming in at halfback, who is an actual halfback um, rather than a forward yeah. playing at number seven. Um, yeah, it's a tough ask again, but I guess we'll see. Um, but the return of Nakia Davis Welsh to the start uh, to the bench at least. Um, she hasn't played since she's had children. She was playing. She played in the inaugural for the Roosters, didn't she?
2: I believe so, yes. Yes.
0: So, return. um, Yeah. Hopefully, we can uh, get the win down there on the Dragon's Home Turf, but very much a game of two uh, teams who have a lot of youth playing. Um, So, anything could happen. Then, the main affair for the men's game, we'll see... This Storm taking on the Eels. Storm in fourth position. Eels in eighth position. 8 p.m. Friday, the 28th of July. So the headliner on Friday. Uh, down at Marvel Stadium in Melbourne. Um, that's because of the World Cup, so they won't be playing at the regular um, stadium there. Marvel, that one's a circular oval, yeah, I want to like say. AFL, yeah. cricket oval, yeah. Big oval. Yeah. Um, and this will be the first of a couple of ovals we'll be playing at. We have to play the... Bronco's up at the Gabba. Um, Yo, Gabba Gabba. <laughs> having a look, there's a couple of ins here for the Storm, but a couple of big outs for them as well. Uh, let's run through those team lists first. Nick Meany at fullback. The Brick, who scores tries on one wing. I thought that's a great nickname. Yep. Xavier Coates, the other wing. <laughs> Marion Seve, Young, Tony Pappéa in the centres. Cameron Munster, Jerome Hughes in the halves. Tui Kami, Kamika and Christian Welch starting props. Harry Grant at hooker.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah, Trent Liero and Tom Eisenhuth in the second row. Josh King at lock. Bronson Garlic, Alec McDonald, Alicia Katoa, and Tyrant Wishart on the ex- uh, on the bench. Grant Anderson, Chris Lewis, Tepei Marua, uh, Aaron Panay and Jaden and on the extended bench. Um, so the big ones out there are um, Justin Olem out. Um, he saw Will Panasini on the opposition and uh, ruled himself out. <laughs> Um, what if Joel Brown's not playing as well, he would have gone for an ACL. <laughs> uh, Nelson and so far, Solomona, who'd been playing a bit of second row, he's out. Remus Smith out. Uh, Tarek Sims also out. Um, Tarek more of a bench um, player at this point. Um, but there's some big changes there for the Storm. Uh, for us, we have at fullback, Clint Gutherson on the wings, wonga Blake and Sean Russell in the centre. Bl- Centres, Will Penasini, Bailey Simonson. In the halves, Dajon Arcee, Mitch Moses, he Ogden, Junior Polo starting props, Brendan Hands at lock, Andrew Davey, Bryce Cartwright starting second row. So Davey coming in for the injured Sean Lane, Jermaine Hopgood at lock, Luca Moretti, Joe offen Joey Lusick comes back into the Eagles team straight away, and Ryan Madison on the interchange bench. Extended bench: Hayes, Dunster, Makassi, Makatoa, Widermuir, Greg, Kai, Rodwell, and Jack Murch uh, Now, Bertie, just looking at that, there. Um, I know you're going to be very angry about Wonga Blake uh, being named to start. I am as well. Um, but 19, uh, sorry, in the 18 jersey, Hayes Dunster. Do we hope that Hayes can come in?
3: I doubt it. Honestly, uh, I don't know. Like, what has like I don't know if Hayes didn't play last week. Like, why? Why would he be playing this week? Unless he was like just a bit short of fitness. So, I, don't know, I just you know. I don't want to get I don't want to get fired up again, but Jesus, just stay, just don't give the ball to him. Whatever you do, I'd rather <laughs> you throw it to the touch judge than to just skip Wonga. That's
2: but, what uh, Bailey yeah. did last weekend with you through the legs, so he's one step ahead of you, birdie. Oh,
3: oh <laughs> Jesus Christ! Like you know, it, it, it's honestly a handicap out there with him there. It's literally, you know, it's saying that we are the most penalised, most in team. So we're just getting used to it anyway. Even if we have Wonga out there, we already play with twelve men.
0: Ah. <sighs> Well, talking about that, let's just look at the officials. we got Klein, Phil Henderson, Chris Sutton, and Jared Sutton in the box. So, the it's dream Sut- team. So Sutton,
3: fine, in the touch judge and in the box. <laughs> Jesus Christ.
1: How much uh, of a joke is it that we got Harry Gantt playing against us? Like,
0: yeah, I know. That, um, just- I, can, I, I I see the distinction between his and RCGs. I didn't think there was much in Grant's one. It still was knees to the back. But I, I, I can sort of understand that more than
1: RCGs. It's just like, but again, they they make this big statement about knees being you know, non-negotiable in the use of tackles. And while it wasn't as bad as RCGs, it was you know obvious use of knees to the back or well, knees in the tackle, and just nothing comes from it. Like I just I, I don't agree a lot with uh, Bulldogs players, but um, when Josh Reynolds came out in NRL three hundred and sixty and you know was willing to put his name to the fact that the MRC and the judiciary. Uh, have different rules for different players. I very much agree. It depends who you play for and what your profile is for these sort of things.
0: Yeah, I think that's definitely given my personal thoughts. I didn't think there was much in that one. I thought he was trying to get over, um, and it was just one of those awkward collisions at speed.
3: Yeah, look. Or well, to be honest, like over the last what, say, you know, ten years, I don't. See, I haven't seen many like knees to the head or the back. Like you know, besides these two cases, and even Jaden Campbell's last year. Brown, it doesn't happen that often. So you're not really seeing like what's the precedent. Now we know, okay. So Reg is the, on the severe end, and uh, Grant is on the you know the minor end. Like it's, it's going to be interesting to see the next one because then we can compare the two. Like where does it sit, where where does it fit in between? You know where does it lie? But if they, if they had given him a week, I'd be okay. That's fair. But um, a fine for that. Like like you know what do you have to do to get a week? Do you have to like literally injury knock him out? You know does the guy have to? You know it's yeah it's it's
2: odd. You have to have Paul Crawley saying it's the most dog act you've ever seen on a football field. You're wearing a
1: blonde gold jersey.
0: Just on um, creepy Crawley there. Did you see his take on um, uh, the golden girl for the Socceroos about how she's oh, lying oh, <laughs> oh. and deceiving? Oh, it got taken down within about an hour. My God, the general public's thoughts on on creepy Crawley There, um, he, I think uh, we're all with them. I mean, <sighs> he said on he said on NRL three hundred and
3: sixty. Reed Marnie's a world class dummy uh, half. Like, I don't know, you know, what games he's watching of Red Marnie, but he wasn't even like. You know, even at Parramatta, he wasn't barely, he could barely crack the State of Origin team. You know, they're playing Ben Hunt and him. So, how's he, you know, he's probably world class in terms of getting paid and eating Chinese food, but I don't think he's good at all. Like, he's just average. Like, Brendan is doing a better job than him. So, yeah, I hate Reed Marty.
0: Forty, what do you like here? I, me personally, I think we, we match up really well with the forwards. That's a that's an area we can win, but the back line gives me some misgivings, especially with Wonga Blake on the wing. Yeah. Um and we know Storm with their one six seven uh, sorry, their six seven nine there, always dangerous.
1: Yeah, the big the big question in this game for me is can we mitigate damage down that left edge of ours uh with the the new York configuration of Andrew Davey out there? Uh but you still got Dejan, you still got Bay, we still got Wonga. So if we can minimise Melbourne's ability to exploit that, it goes almost, almost. I wouldn't say all the way, but it goes a long way towards victory. Uh, so we need to be on top of that. Like you said, we match up nicely in the middle, even without uh, Reagan Campbell-Gillard, even without Wira McGreg. I think we can uh, really take advantage of that middle, Sands, Nelson, Sofa Solomona and Tarek Sims. Uh, so that's going to be our emphasis. And having those two dummy halves, I'm really keen to see how we use them now did they just get a pretty much even time split, 40 minutes apiece or thereabouts, or you know, 45, 35, however you want to break it up, um, in that sort of a plus or minus 5, 10 minutes? Um, Will hands go more up-tempo now? Does Joey Lusick maybe start instead and then let hands come in and, and be that a- aggressive up-tempo factor? So keen to see how that plays out. Uh, and I'm, I'm looking towards, obviously, our core players like Moses and Gufferson to really lift here and, and get us over the line, because this is a game that uh, is a big one. Uh, we very much control our destiny. There's been a lot of doom and gloom about our finals prospects among fans after what happened against the Cowboys, but we very much control our destiny here. But it involves us probably getting a good win here, Um, and then you can look at the Roosters and the Dragons as more winnable games, and then you've got a couple other tough games where you can hopefully jag another one. So get the win here, and, and your path to the finals clears up a fair bit.
0: I think that's right there, Forty. I, I, I think we always said we need to win the three home games and then at least one of the other ones. I thought probably two, um, including one against the Cowboys, but looking at the form of some of the other teams who are in the top eight, especially the Sharks, um, it could be one where if, if we do get just one one of those four games away um, where we can sneak in. Uh,
2: ham- is where, uh, oh, sorry, just to, This is where winning games early on in the season, that's why Melbourne puts so much emphasis on winning round one. So that when it comes to the back end, you're not going. Oh, we need to win this game, and you've won round one. You're off to a good start. So hopefully next year we don't have those those uh, early
0: season jitters like we did early, like we did this year. Look, we're still um, well in the race. Um, and if you look at, uh, well, I guess the knights have got uh, two wins behind there um, with a the game in hand because we still haven't had that last buy.
2: Yeah. Oh, look, I'm I'm not saying we're not, but. I'd much rather have an extra two or three, maybe even three wins, than what we are now. Oh, I completely so, agree. <laughs> completely I, agree. I, I think I'd be hard pressed to find someone that doesn't agree with that. <laughs> it's, it's it's not the most controversial opinion in the world. You win more <laughs> games. you're
0: going to finish higher on the ladder.
2: You're probably gonna, you're probably going to be a happier uh, Parramatta Eels supporter. Uh, this, well, that's the thing. That's how close it is. Like uh, three, or let's say three games, we could have won. Storm round one, uh, we should have beaten the Titans. We Should have beaten the Raiders. Three games. The, I'll, I'll say three at this point. That puts us up into third place. That puts us up into third place. Just those three games, and then you include the Sharks game. We should have won. You include the Manly game. We should have won. There's five wins. We're first. So yeah. that's, and I, I think all those games were we could have won. We could have when we should. We you know they were win, very winnable games for us, and we would be. Clearly, first with two wins ahead of uh, oh one win ahead of the Broncos, so that's where your early season you really need to. I think you need to start off your season well, and your, your middle season needs to be good, and your end of season also needs to be good. So you can't rest in today's
0: current NRL. Well, moving us along, how, how are we going to go this yeah. week? This week, oh man, we're going to
2: smash them. Um <laughs> You got to you got to go in with confidence. What's to me, what's the point of being a supporter if you're not confident? So I'm always confident. Um, I th- I, it's been said, the forwards, I think, would match up well, uh, especially with N- Nelson out. I would have been worried if he was lining up against Davy and Arcee, particularly Arcee. That would have really made me worried. Um, the, the the ones that worry me are Cameron Munster, to a lesser extent, Jerome Hughes, and to a further extent, Harry Grant. Uh, those three, if they want to click, they'll be they could put a they can put any team to the sword those three Chuck in Nick Meany who's more than ably filled in for Ryan Papenhausen uh the backs I'm not I don't know I think they're, they're a little bit better than ours but Xavier Coates hasn't been anything outstanding I don't think Marion Seve he's got a few he's got a bit of butterfingers going on young Tanimapaya. I think he needs to change his name he's old now so he can't be young. Is 30 something now. 31 he is. He can't be young anymore. And uh, the That's brick who scores tries. What was that? Sorry?
1: That's false advertising.
2: Yeah, exactly. 31's not young. or maybe, Well, maybe in real, real world it is, but NRL it's old. Uh, so it's old Tonema Payer, Xavier Coates. I, to me, he hasn't been the same since, you know, he had a few good years in the storm, but he was the best up in Brisbane. Uh, and the brick who scores tries. I do like that one. I haven't heard that one before. Yeah. Um, had a good middle part of the year where he's making a lot of metres scoring a few tries. He sort of dipped off recently. Um, hasn't been doing as much work. So, look, it all depends on the inside work with that uh, left-hand side about how much is going to be torn up. We just need Wunger Blake. I, I would honestly... Run, I'd, if if I'm the coaching staff, I'm telling Wunger Blake, Bailey has his assignment covered. Don't... If you... Uh, if you're outside if your opposite winger is outside you, you are too far in field. Do not let just put your body in front. I don't care what else you do, but just if Bailey's gonna miss his, his opposite, which it'll be I believe it'll be old Tonema If he misses old Tonema that's on Bailey. That's not on you. Stay on your wing, don't come in and catch a friggin' ball if it's passed to your hands, mate.
0: If I'm the coaching staff and chatting to Wong and Blake, I'm saying uh, a good one last week, mate, you're this one out and we bring Dunster. <laughs> we're bringing in
2: Dunstaff.
0: we going with one-legged
2: Dunstaff. We're putting Wirrimu Greg on the field, all right?
0: Um, let's go for predictions, Bertie.
3: Um you know, I was I was confident last week. You know, so I got that wrong. So I'm gonna go the opposite. I'm gonna say we're gonna get belted. No, nah. I, I honestly think we'll win this close one. You know, Storm they complete a high percentage. So I'm gonna go Parramatta 26, Storm 22. First try scorer. I've been talking shit about him all night. Why got Blake? And then he's gonna do he's, he's gonna do a George Kinnear and say that's it. I'm done for the night and just walk out and then maybe you know hitchhike with you home back home. Oh no, yeah.
2: he, he he's not getting in the car. He's he, he can walk. Or
3: oh, he can pay for your fuel, man. He's having a you know <laughs> you know nice uh, salary playing reserve grade But Look, I think we'll uh, we'll
0: win, but uh, Jesus Christ,
3: I can't remember the last time we actually played there. I remember we played there once.
0: Last I think Israel Folau. We played there last year, won 22-14, 1st of September twenty
3: twenty two. Twenty two at Marvel Stadium. Oh uh, no, sorry. Yeah, that's what I meant. Like at Marvel, so I think the last time was when um, Israel Falar torched us in the finals or something. But yeah, it's been a long time.
2: Oh no. Was it twenty two fourteen last
0: year? Wasn't that the? Oh no, uh, sorry, that was comeback. My bad. Was that the Golden Point Stony? Yeah, it was the Golden was Point Stony at the beginning of the year.
1: God oh, oh, bless Tony. I he right, gave us his knee. He's hurt yeah. again. That made me sad reading that intro. Uh, that yeah, because in. I didn't keep up with
2: rugby league on the weekend. That's yeah, that's real disappointing. I'm a big fan of Stony. I really want him to do well. Yeah. He just he's a he's he seems like a good genuine bloke.
1: The, the fact that um you know you had all the senior Dolphins players coming in and saying that he's setting the standards of training, you know, just it reverberated with what he did at Parramatta. So it sucks to see him hurt.
0: All right. Ham. Uh, 40, forty. Um
1: yeah. yeah. We know it's gonna be a tough proposition to win in Melbourne, even without the uh players that are missing and particularly a surface but also Tarek Sims and uh Raymond Smith as well was the up and out, wasn't he? He did a hammy or something or a groin. Um but you got to back our boys to bounce back. They are going from the northernmost rugby league venue in Australia down to the southernmost mainland venue. Uh, I was so,
2: going to say uh, New Zealand. No, no,
1: no, no. The southernmost mainland venue. I had to make sure I get that one right. Uh, <laughs> so it's a big road trip, but you don't need to fly uh, technically. I'm um, not. <laughs> uh, but yeah, look, I'll tip our boys to bounce back. I'll tip a, a pretty healthy win. We have we haven't really had an issue scoring points. So I'll go for a 30-plus points on, a, on our side of the scoreboard, so maybe 34-16, 34-18, um, thereabouts. First try scorer, gosh. Um, it sucks that I, I just can't rely on our left edge to be a, a, like a figure here or a feature here. So I'll go maybe just Shawnee Russell, keep it simple. He's, uh, just a nice back line move to get him over the line.
2: Yep. Uh, I'm going Parramatta to win 19 to the Storm 12. Um I'm going Hoppy, Hoppy first try scorer. It's safe. I think he's going to run hard, run over the top of a uh, good guy, Christian Welch. That's good guy with a uh, very heavy quotation marks.
0: <clears> here,
3: <throat> I was going to say I call Welch. Sorry, sorry.
0: I am. Um, I, I I had my uh, mic on mute uh, <laughs> once again.
2: <laughs> I, thought, I was like, "What's going on here?" I'll, I'll repeat myself.
0: Kicked in. <laughs> Twenty-six eighteen eels over the top. First try scorer will be at the King. Um, Eels victory down there in Melbourne. Very good. All right, well, let's wrap it up there. We've run just a little bit long there for you, 40. Apologies for that. Um, but Eels, uh, destiny still in our hands. Sharks, they're sliding. Uh, I think uh, the Rabbitohs come into the top eight. Cowboys will come into the top eight. And I think, uh, but for the Sharks sliding out, the top eight stays the same. Hopefully.
2: I, I want another finals. And I- we need another finals.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, none of those games will be at home this season, I don't think.
2: Nah, can't see it.
0: All right, gentlemen, well, we will wrap it up there. Thank you very much for joining me again tonight, and thanks to all the listeners for joining in, and hopefully we get another win on Friday night in that uh, top TV slot on Friday at 8 o'clock. Cheers. Go the boys, go the NRL women, and go all of our juniors. Bye, Bauer. Bye.